can go online and, and log into a website and type a few words, and they have the potential to reach thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions of people. Now, the reality, they probably won't reach that many, but they'll reach enough that the, the odds or the chances of selling that item go way up. It's exponential. And um, I, 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 I end. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, it's me. It's Q4. Got to bring up my Amazon seller tribe. Um, this is probably you know one of the last chances you're going to get to join this year. So I'll, I'll run this for a couple of weeks, but. Um, the, the good news is you could still get in, right? They are allowing people in, but at some point they're going to cut it off. So I suggest you join today. Try it with 14 days for free, okay? So you don't like it, you don't get value, drop. Um, however, don't only measure on the value of what you're buying. Measure on the value of the impact it has on your business. And what I love about this group, the Amazon Seller Tribe, is the amazing way they invest into your business. They will help you with all the questions. Go out and check out uh, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum dash arbitrage. Look at the testimonials. Those are real people. Reach out to them. Right? You can kind of figure out who they are and go out and figure out uh, and ask them, is it real? Are they really helpful? Will they help my business? And you will be blown away. Again, you get 14 days free if you join through my link only. And they do pay me, so I don't want you to, I don't mislead anybody. Um, but I believe in them. I'm in the groups. You'll see me, and you'll get to talk with me too. So, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum hyphen arbitrage. I know it's a lot. Momentum hyphen arbitrage. And you're going to get 14 day free trial on the daily find list. Make a purchase. Get your money back and then say, huh, I can do this again. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum arbitrage. They are going to close it. Q4 is here. It's going to happen. Get ready. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 411, Greg Purdy. I can't believe it's been so long since I talked to Greg. And and it's funny, we talk to each other a lot um, outside of this and an issue came up somewhere and I'm like, huh, Greg's the expert and I've seen so much of this. And so I, I really, what I love in this episode is we, we talk about how to create a business. Um, maybe it's selling on Amazon. Maybe it's selling on your own website. Maybe it's making soap. I get to that story and it's pretty interesting. Um, but Greg's been doing this for a long, long time. And he will tell you he's nothing special. He was a truck driver, his phrase. He didn't get a big fancy college education. He got a life education. And yet he's been able to apply it into an existing business. And it's been consistent for the last five years that I've known him. And that's what I always look for is longevity. Um, and uh, we do have a special offer in there, which is pretty cool. And uh, I, I'd love to hear that it helps you. So send me a note. Let's get into the podcast. And welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about having a return guest. I cannot believe it's been three years since we talked. I went back and looked. I'm like, no way has it been that long because we talk personally uh, on and off all the time, and it just blows my mind. So welcome back, Greg Purdy. Hey, Stephen. It's good to be back. Three years, dude. It doesn't seem like it. It's crazy. <laughs> And I'm sitting in the same place I was three years ago when I talked to you. You know, it's funny. I'm not because I'm in uh, a much bigger warehouse. Um, however, you were episode number two, and, and that was the other one. That was five, almost five years ago. And mm, I think wow. about where you went from that, you know, that episode to, to three years ago, and your business evolved. Um, now, three years later and talking with you, your business has evolved again, Right. And it will continue to, but yes, it's uh, it's always something new that that fits my personality very well. That so. that part of it's real, right? That that's hard to find things that fit your personality because you see other people, and I'm sure you're a guy just like me who says, "Ooh, I could do that." Well, but you wouldn't love it. How yeah. is it a maturity thing? Since you hit fifty, you and I are about the same age. Is it a maturity thing for you not to go after the shiny object? No, no, I still do. It's, <laughs> that's, I still do. Um, so I've not matured that much, that's for sure. I, I recognize it. I think it's a maturity thing uh, that okay. I recognize that that's my problem, but it's not 
matured me enough that I've been able to resist it at this point. Well, do you have some resistance at least? I mean, are you able to filter some out and say, no, no, that's an easy, sure. no. Okay, sure. well, that's, that's good. A lot of that's from experience, though, oh. right? It, so it's, it's, it's from being burned in the past, and you, and you actually have a memory of it, um, or you just know that the, the likelihood of it ending well is probably not there. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, that's why prior to Amazon, I was a tractor-trailer driver, and I, I saw something different all day, every day, and that suited my personality. And this business, you know, working online, you know, of course it, it, it has its downfalls because I can click around and the next thing you know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm researching things on Google that are not part of my business. But, um, you know, at, at least I know that if I get bored sitting at the desk, I can get up and walk into the warehouse or I can – go out and, and do something else so it's and does that pull you I'm, right back i mean is that because i think about that a lot you know um so if we do some ra or something like that it gets me laser focused when i start to mm -hmm. drift i find myself ooh, if i can just do this boom it kind of brings me back it does and it reignites the the excitement too you know because especially you know, if you get out and you and you like you say ra you go out and buy something it's like wow, that was great, you know. And then, and and you're right, you know, you get excited again, and then you go listed, and and you know, yeah, it's uh, it definitely tends to uh to to refocus if you um if you start to drift a little bit, you know, just step away and 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 go do that one thing that uh that that brings it back around for you. We, uh, as as you and I have talked about, we've added RA back into our business. Um, my son, my my younger son, who graduated from college, and his friend, who graduated from college, both work for us full time now, and they are so enthusiastic. It, it's funny. I look at them as kids, and yet, not that long ago, you and I were those kids in this business, and we had that same enthusiasm. Remember that? Oh, I do, and I, I, I'm envious of the the kids. We'll call them today. Because they've got the internet, which we didn't have, yeah. right? So I mean, I was buying and selling as early as 18, um, is when I started running ads in newspapers and magazines. I was buying cars and stripping them out, Mustangs specifically. And um, you know, back then, you know, the old 65 to 73 Mustangs were everywhere, and I was buying them up, and and I had a lot of them sitting around, and I would run ads in the Baltimore Sun newspaper seven days a week, and all the issues. They had the morning sun, they had the evening sun, they had the Sunday sun, um, and I had new, I had ads in every one of them in the classified section that I was buying and selling and trading Mustang parts, and I was running ads in Hemmings Motor News, which was going across the world. God, I was running I ads that. in yeah. Mustang Monthly Magazine and, and and some of the Ford magazines and whatnot, and you know that was how you reached your audience. Or you'd go to Carlisle where you live. And you set up at the car show, which I did that year after year after year. That was how you reached the audience. And now, you know, the the kids will call them, can go online and and log into a website and type a few words, and they've have the potential to reach thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions of people. Now, the reality, they probably won't reach that many, but they'll reach enough that the the odds or the chances of selling that item go way up exponential and um i i i envy that Obviously, you missed that a wish. little bit right a little bit yeah not the not yeah, that you're getting up early bit. and coming to carlisle and that and sleeping in campers or crappy hotels that was fun that was fun <laughs> i was like living the circus life and that was fun yeah there is a there's still huge shows one just finished uh two weeks last weekend maybe Maybe last weekend, this last one for the year. And it's still, it's huge. Now, it's definitely smaller than what they've been, but it's right. interesting. And I'll give you a good story. So my brother-in-law, uh, who has, uh, I guess it's a Chevy that he's got an old Chevy, and he's he's like, I can't wait to come to the car. He came for a couple of days, and we went to the show. And I, to be honest with you, I've not really experienced it at that level. We went to the auction, and we were not bidding, but we had a VIP thing, and we did the whole thing. And to see his enthusiasm, and he's like, look, I can go online and buy these parts, but I'm looking, I want to touch them. And it was weird to see, and I thought to myself, huh, there is still a market for for him. He's completely going the opposite way. There's certain things he doesn't care about he'll buy online, but there's certain things he wants to see that it's authentic. He wants to feel and touch it. And it was interesting. I watched that, and I thought, huh, there, there, if you have the right product, 
and you know your audience, there's still a way to do business uh, without e-commerce in that world. And you know they have the same problems in the in the we'll call it the real world that that we experience on Amazon or in e-commerce. You know, it, on on Amazon, you know, there's always a chance that they're going to accuse you of selling a counterfeit. Well, you know, in the in the we'll say the auto parts world, just to select that. You know, there are aftermarket manufacturers. So if you're selling a a you know a part for a classic car, it could be new old stock NOS they call it it could be the original part in the original box you know from Ford let's say that, that you know if, if you're buying a um, you know a switch it could be a new old stock switch brand new in the Ford box or it could be an OEM original equipment manufacturer which's made by the same exact company but put into a different box you know mm -hmm. maybe to be sold at the auto parts store so same exact thing you pull them out and look at them they're identical but one says Ford, one does not, or it could be something that's made today in China that kind of looks like it still works about the same, maybe even works better, who knows, because of the modern technology. It fits in your car and it will do the job, but it's not Ford, it's not OEM, it's just a, an aftermarket replacement. And if that OEM were to wind up in that Ford box, it would now be a counterfeit, mm -hmm. even though it's made to do the same thing. So you've got that issue in that in that car parts world as well. You go to the car show or to the auto parts store or buy from somebody online. You know you got to watch what you're getting, and and you know so I can understand wanting to go there and actually see it, especially when you're dealing with some of these high dollar parts on some of these classic cars. You don't want to take that chance. Maybe you've been burned before. Maybe you've tried to buy it online before, and there's there's like this little difference, and you're looking for that part that has that little difference you know to to make it exactly what it is that you're looking for so um yeah well it's interesting so let me think let's talk about this for a second i'm going to stay on the auto parts world because i think that's a good example now like like the uh, i can't think of a name of a parts company online parts company but there's a whole bunch of them right i mean there's a, there's thousands of them but a lot of aggregators, again, you know, that drop ship from other companies and that kind of thing. And then there's some parts warehouses and stuff like that. But are there, well, I know there are, specific niche websites that, you know, let's say your Mustangs, right? Mustangs.com or whatever it would be. I'm sure there's something like that. Where they've, be, where they've been able to create and stand away from like an Amazon and as a standalone site. And if so, which I assume there is, how do they stay so connected? Is this going back to the day where you had to stay relevant in the industry? You became the expert, so therefore that's why you were running those ads, and you were an expert. You were able to, I would be able to call and talk to Greg, and Greg would be like, oh, yeah, it'll fit on the 68, but it won't fit on the 69, blah, 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 blah. Is that, is that kind of how it's working today? It's how it started now. Um, oh, interesting. So back, when I was, back when I was 18 and, and starting to go to Carlisle, there was a bunch of 18-year-olds there that were that were doing the same thing, you know, a bunch of guys my age um, that were stripping out cars, and um, some of them went on to be very big in the industry. We'll just say, you know, I did it for a while. It was always hobby for me. I drove a tractor trailer starting at 21. Later on, I got married, had kids, and kind of got out of it. Still mess around with old cars. I still have some, and I still sell parts, but I'm not doing the car shows and and that type of thing. But a couple of the guys, they might have been a year older than me, we would hang out, right? We would, we would, you know, get done at the end of the day. We'd close up our tents or whatever. We'd go get pizza or whatever. We'd go somewhere and hang out. These guys, a couple friends, started what is now probably the biggest online Mustang website out there. I won't name them, but most people, it's two initials, and the initials, the one initial was the guy's first name, and the other initial was the other guy's first name. And they started a Mustang business, and it became about the biggest. They've since sold it. It still has the same name, but and that was what they did. They just they, they moved towards the new parts. I stayed with the old the used parts, and um, they started a website, and it just became like the biggest thing. And years later, they sold it, and I guess went on and did something else or whatever. And yes, that's why they're able to compete with Amazon because that website is full of parts specific to a specific car. And, you know, so if you have, of course, they've, they've added other cars over the years, and they're probably into modern cars as well now, but they're known for the fact that if you have a, whatever, 68 Mustang, 
you can go to that website and basically build the car from the pages of that website because they have every part available. And um, and then there are other ones out there, but I, I think of them specifically because they probably wound up being the biggest Mustang website on the internet. And you you go you go to Amazon, the chance of you finding every part for a Mustang it might be there. Matter of fact, it probably is there. But on their website, it's all right there together. It's a lot easier to find. Is that possible to do again? I mean, as you sit back and you think about other industries, just name the truck. Let's go back. Let's go to trucking. Is it possible to become dominant or at least, and dominant, you don't have to be the biggest. You have to be relevant and you want to, you know, it, it, could you make a living doing that today in the trucking world, for example? Or, I think so. I think yeah. you could do it in any industry because, like I said, with Amazon, the parts might be there. But the website has billions of listings, yeah. billions of pages, or I don't know what billions might be. I, I, I'm probably pretty close. Yeah, to, I bet you're I pretty great. Billion. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the actual number is, but you know, if if you're gonna go into selling parts for a specific truck or, or selling things to trucking companies or whatever it is, all of those items would be together in one location, making it a lot easier to shop. So I think that, yeah, I think it's doable for any industry. If you're going to build a website, if you're really niching down and, and bringing in a bunch of related things to a website to sell, I, I think, sure, you could take a big chunk of that business away from Amazon. Um, there's a couple of people I follow, and I, I have no idea because this is what, you know, in some of our pre-call we were talking about getting going down a rabbit hole on like YouTube or one or Google. And for some reason, I'm seeing these homestead uh, people in my feed. I have no clue why. Yeah, I why. follow some of them. Well, yeah, it yeah. blows my mind. And I think it was because, you know, we like to simplify our lives. That's what we always call it in our world, trying to pare down as our kids have left. And now we're just, the, you know, the two of us now. We want to, we want a less responsibility, I always say. And so for some reason, the short, short version is there are two people I follow. One makes candles, right? Okay. So she's a homesteader who makes candles, who had a cool story about how they became, you know, homesteaders, how they, a great, you know, a lot of content they pump out. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to ramp back up my candle business. Now at this point, they got 20, 30, 40, 50,000 viewers, subscribers to their channel. Mm. And so she puts up her candles. She, she made, I think I remember that I, cause I have to do the math, you know me, I'm a math guy. And so it's 320 pounds of candles that she made. And they sell, I guess a candle is about a quarter pound. No, it wasn't candles. It was soap. Excuse me. Sorry, I messed that up. It was soap. That was it. 320 pounds of soap, and they were four-ounce bars of soap, so she got four. Anyway, when I went to her website and I looked at how much it sold for, it was almost $4,000, that 320 pounds of soap. And I thought, huh, she sold that out in a day, Greg, because wow. she had this story. People connected with her. She created an audience, her and her husband. I mean, they're real people. You know, They're really genuine. But they created an audience. They created a following. People began to know, like, and trust them. And boom, she put out a product, sold out in a day. Mm. How crazy is that? And, you know, what would it have taken for you to sell that much in Mustang parts running ads in the newspaper back in those days, right? Or, or at the car show, right? I mean, think about that. Well, and the, uh, and the difference is everybody wants a different part for a different car, a you know, different year, different body style, whatever. You know, with the soap, I'm sure, you know, I'm guessing goat's milk or whatever it is, but there's probably, you know, a handful of fragrances, but it's all the same process to make it. You know, you, you pour it in, you add the smell, you add the color, whatever, but it, everything else in the process is the same, so what she's selling is the same, and everybody that's looking at it is looking for the same thing, just maybe a different fragrance or whatever. But, um, yeah, with, with the car stuff, is a little different because this guy's looking for a hood for a 65, and this guy's looking for a fender for a 73, and this guy's looking for an engine for 69. And, you know, it's tough to reach everybody for different things, even though they are closely related. But I, I think it's the audience, right? It's it's creating that audience. There's another company I follow. It's called Hercules Candle, Candy. Hercules Candy. They make chocolates in East Syracuse, New York now. You would think they'd be out of business, right? Small candy shop in a small town, dying town. I'm sure it's a dying town. Manufacturing is closing, blah, 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 blah. 60% of their sales, though, come from their YouTube channel. So they'll make something. It'll sell out almost immediately. And it's because they've created an audience. They've created – now, you're good at – you know, you've got Seller Essentials. You've created an audience, and you've made a living off of that. How, how – 
how hard is it? I, I think that's the thing that, you know, because people hear this and even I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, look what they do. All they do is make soap and you could sell it. But you don't see the thousands and thousands of hours behind the scenes creating that audience. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that and that's the value of what they're doing. Is, is The value in their business is not their soap, it's their audience. Because if, if people trust you and people follow you and, and people look to you for advice, or for whatever, then it almost doesn't really matter. And I don't mean you throw junk out at them. I, I truly don't mean this. But what I mean is if, if people truly are following you and trusting you and then you tell them this is what you should do, well, then a certain percentage of those people are going to do that because it's going to strike that nerve with them. It's going to strike that chord with them, I should say. And, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to hit them at the right time at the place where they are. And they're going to be like, yes, this is exactly what I need. And based on that trust, they're going to go ahead and do that. So the, the value uh, of your business is always in your list. It's, it's in your audience. It's in your, your email list or whatever. You know, you build a business and you have to, if you're selling things and you have to resell and, re, and, and buy more and sell and, and you're never dealing with the same people, you don't have an audience. You're basically fulfilling the needs of Amazon's audience if you're selling on Amazon that it's not your customer, it's Amazon's customer. They're coming to Amazon because they trust Amazon, and you're basically just a supplier so Amazon can meet the needs of their customer. Um, but if you have your own business outside of that and you're providing value, whether it be through... Well, you uh, talk about it because that you've done a good job at that. So I think this is a good point where you can offer some value to other people because you've done this, and you've done it very successfully for years. Can you talk about what the steps are? Because I, I think there's something here. So, yeah, but first of all, obviously you have to be, um, uh, I would say you have to be an expert in your, in your, in your craft, in your, in your industry, in your field. I, I think it's hard to fake it. Um, you know, obviously if you're going into business, a lot of times people will say, well, fake it till you make it. Well, I think people can see through that nowadays, especially in the, in the age of technology where we are. And plus the fact that people are bombarded with fakes all the time when they go on the internet, they get the fake emails and they see the fake websites and whatnot. So, first of all, I think you you really need to be genuine. You have to have an understanding of your of your product and of your industry. So you start off with a, a knowledge base. And can I ask a know, question it, there? I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to keep chopping up. I hate to do that, but it's no. like I'm going to go back to this homesteading lady. Is her knowledge the candles and that that she wants all natural candles, or is her knowledge her expertise in the homesteading thing and raising a family. And therefore, when she finds something, if she focuses in on that, and that's clearly what they're doing. Um, and then when she finds something to address issues that they're having because they want all natural. Well, that's or, exactly it. I mean, okay. Obviously, her audience, is not, her audience is not necessarily soap users. Her audience is homesteaders yeah, yeah, or people yeah, that yeah. are interested in that. But the, the need that they have is they, they need, natural soap or whatever it is or essential oils or whatever it is. She's just, she's just discovered that this audience is also into something else. Obviously, yeah. you know, the, the, the audience is the fact that she homesteads and they follow her for that reason. I follow this, this one um, outdoors with the Morgans and, and basically it's a family lives a, a husband and wife. I think they have children live in Pennsylvania. And basically every episode is him cutting down a tree with a chainsaw and then running it through his new log mill or whatever. And, you know, it's just, to me, I love watching that. And um, it basically cuts up some wood and shows, you know, the value he gets out of cutting down a dead tree or something. And um, so people follow that. Well, who is his audience? I mean, is, is his audience people that, uh, it could be his audience, it could be people that buy and sell firewood. It could be people that want to learn how to run a, their own mill so they can make their own wood and build their own houses. And, and, and whatnot, it could just be people that bought a piece of property and want to learn how to keep up the property by keeping it looking nice, by cutting down the dead trees. I don't know. I've never really tried to figure out who his audience but is. But who are you? Are you is, why are you watching it? Uh, it's just it's fascinating to watch people cut firewood, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I but just, my I, point is, is that, you know, you're their audience. You're one of representative of their audience. And so could they market a product to you? I mean, maybe that's where I'm asking. I, I think they could. I'm not sure. I guess the the... the the product that I would buy, and I'm sure he promotes it, would be if I was in the market for a chainsaw, okay. 
Okay. Um, and I would probably go to his website and see what he's using, which I actually know what he uses. But the, if I was in the market for a chainsaw, I, I really believe that that's who I would trust to tell me which one I need to be buying because I watch that guy use his all the time. And, and it's not just that he's taking out two or three chainsaws and comparing them and saying, well, I like this one better because it cut faster. He's using it every episode. So I know that whatever one he's using is the one that I probably should go out and get. So, so that, that, that's, to me, the secret sauce right there, what you just said. So the fact that you're attracted to this guy, not because you're, you know, uh, because you want to buy a chainsaw, the fact that you're fascinated with what he's doing. I, I call it the makerspace. I'm into the makerspace where people make things and then they sell it. And I'm always like, oh, my God, they're so talented. But it blows my mind to see it. And so they become an expert. You earn their or they earn your trust. And then, therefore, when you are on the market for a chainsaw, you're going to use that guy's advice. Is that is that a good way to say it? Yeah, and obviously, if he put a link at the bottom of his video to that chainsaw, I probably would just click his link and buy it from him. Of course, I know as a marketer that he's going to get a commission on that, and I'm totally fine with that. But, you know, so I would go there. Now, obviously, when he set his page up, it wasn't because he thought a bunch of marketers were going to come there, and, and it's because people are going to follow him. And they're going to click those links, and, and they're going to buy things, and he will make a living off of it. If he can get a big enough following of people that, that trust him, eventually he's going to make a living off of that YouTube channel. And uh, he's going to sell ad space on the channel, and he's going to get clicks on his links underneath the videos and get a commission on the sale of those products. But I, I'd be all for going there and clicking that link because I, he's built my trust, right? and I, I know he's an expert in his field. And so... I guess, uh, you know, back to helping people, to me, that if they can figure that out, because you always say, hey, no, you know, you're an expert at something, Greg, right? That's what you should be talking about. It's not, because if you're not passionate about it, um, it might, you know, if it's a job that you hate, you know, and you're driving a forklift, I don't know about talking about forklifts might be the right thing. Now, maybe working in a warehouse or a hunter or whatever other things that you're interested in, then I think you can, you can sustain something. Is that, is that fair? Sure, and and if you're if you're in a place where you're not uh, growing and not becoming an expert, not loving your job, you know, then you've got to take those steps to change that. I mean, I didn't I didn't become a tractor trailer driver because it was my lifelong goal to do that. It was something that I needed to do to earn income because um, I was at a place in my life where I didn't have an education, I didn't have a job, and you know, at 21, it was either okay. I, I'm getting all these flyers from all the different branches of military. I got to do something, and you know, so I said, you know what? I could I could be driving a tractor trailer pretty quickly. I'm 21 now. I'll go do that until something better comes along. I wound up doing it for 18 years, but during that time, and actually just three years later, I started doing marketing. Um, I was already doing my selling my car parts, and so I've been doing that for years, but. Three years after that is when I really started trying to study marketing, understand marketing. So driving to work or driving in the truck, I could have, you know, cassette tapes playing. Back then, the CDs weren't as as popular, but I'd, I'd have cassette eight tapes. Eight-tracks, buddy. Let's date ourselves. Come on. <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Eight-tracks I listened to in my car on the way to work when I was younger, though. But I'd listen to tapes, you know, telling about, you know, how to sell or how to talk to people or how to whatever. I would, I would get my education behind the wheel of my vehicle and one day was able to step away from that vehicle altogether and go do what I educated myself to do full-time. I was able to take it from being part-time to being full-time at that point. So, Well, I, I think, I mean, it, it's a perfect description because now, I mean, let's fast forward, right? Then you get into Amazon. You're selling on Amazon and you start running into challenges. You start running into the challenges that every single person listening to us runs into. You know, um, should I buy this inventory? You know, what's what's the criteria? Well, is the rank good? Are there, you know, if you if you're selling on Amazon, you're if you're doing RAOA, whatever, um, even wholesale, um, is you know, are there a lot of other sellers? You know, if there are other sellers, how many do they have? Because repricing, you know, I mean, how many times have you repriced against somebody and they have one item, and then you're like, Jesus, mm -hmm. why did I even waste my time? You know, they're going to sell it, and then boom. But all those different things, you've ran into those problems. And so you, I mean, you must have bought all the tools to help address those, correct? 
I, I did. And I, you know, I, you'd open <laughs> you did. Up my, I think we all did. <laughs> open up my Amazon page and look at the uh, browser extensions that load up in the top tab. And yeah, I have and have had every single one of them. You uh, and tried them, and some of them were great, and some of them weren't, or some of them lost their luster because you know they didn't keep up the links, and Amazon changed their API or whatever it was. Um, you know, without trying to sound like a commercial, you got into this business uh, not looking for problems, and when you found a solution to start addressing them, what did it do for your business? Well, I mean, it. it I believe time is money, so if. if if you can address an issue that's costing you time, even in small chunks, if you're doing the same process again and again and again throughout the day or throughout you know the hours that you're doing it, if you can save that time, then you are making more money for the time that you are spending. So you know, I started looking for tools that would save me time because I believe that my time has value. You know, it's funny you look at these posts let's say on Facebook and somebody say what's your you know what's your hourly worth what's your hourly rate what's mm. your time worth and of course the, all the all the business owners out there will say hundred dollars an hour two hundred dollars an hour five hundred dollars an hour and yet they'll use a tool that takes them a minute when there's another tool over there that would take them 15 seconds but the other tool costs them you know hundred dollars a year and they're like, I'm not paying hundred dollars a year well you just said your time was worth $500 an hour, this tool is going to save you two hours a week, you would think it would be worth $1,000 a week to you, but you won't pay $100 a year for it, so really your time's not worth what you say it is. Mm. In my mind, that's what I look at those things. And but So I started figuring out, you know, my time has value. I need tools that will save me time, especially when, you know, I find myself wasting time in other ways too. So it's like... <laughs> I got to make it up work. when you have this uh, yeah the rabbit hole of YouTube and the rabbit hole of uh, um, uh, Google and it just takes you places and you're like wait where was I for the last hour I don't even know oh my. Um, all right well let's talk about it because I, I think you know the issues that I run into you know because we sell shoes and clothing right we know that right I, I've said that many times mm -hmm. and you know did I get the black shoes should I get the white shoes should I get you know and wait you know the rank is good but how many should I buy you know how many sellers are there Talk about, you know, where the app started or the extension started and now what it's grown into. So I had, I'll tell you what, what gave me the idea, several things. Number one, um, I have a team of virtual assistants in Asia that work for me at night. And I've had as many as a dozen or more. Right now, I think I'm running six or seven. Um, and they are doing online arbitrage sourcing for me. And I use tools. And I also have taught them to manually source as well. So they're they're working for me at night. I've got a, a, a list of subscribers to an OA deal service where we basically provide a spreadsheet. These VAs find the deals. My U.S. team plus my head VA, we vet these deals. We produce a spreadsheet that then is sold to our subscription, to subscriber list. So I've got a team in the Philippines. And I've had them in other parts of actually in Africa as well. And then um, I've got the subscribers who are international and U.S. based. And so I'm dealing with two groups of people that need to use tools. And plus me being in the middle and vetting this list and me being a person that's buying online to resell, I'm constantly looking at websites. So I've got this slew of tools. And I'm providing tools to my team, and I'm recommending tools to my subscribers, and I'm using tools myself. And a lot of times when you're using, you know, uh, let's just, uh, I'll just say a revenue calculator over here and a, uh, a, a restrictions checker over here and another tool over here, they don't always play well together because when people create tools, they create tools to occupy a certain spot on the page. So if you're going to use a browser extension on an Amazon page and you subscribe to three or four browser extensions, when you open up the Amazon page, they load. Well, they, the person that built that tool built it to load up in a certain spot and someone else built their tool, but their tool was built to open up in the exact same spot and they're both competing or this person's tool does A and this person's tool does B but they both do C, and when you try to open them both up, they both are trying to do that same function, and they don't play well together, and it winds up making weird things happen on your page. Either it makes the tool 
fail, it won't do its job, or it'll make the page not load properly or whatever. And I recognize this, and I dealt with this all the time. And so my thought was to build a tool that just basically did everything that I needed it to do in one tool and to basically replace several tools that I was using. So that was my initial thought on coming up with something basically for my team, myself, and then I could recommend to others if it was actually good. But my, my initial thought was I want to use it. I want my team to use it. So I started working with some developers. Uh, it's been over a year now. We actually just started our second year, um, and, and we, we called the, the tool or we called the, the business Ace and Zen. And so I wanted the A and the Z, Ace and Zen, because I figured Amazon is A-Z, and I figured A to Z, it covers everything. And so it kind of plays around on, on uh, the letters. And so I knew I needed an A word and a Z word. Mm -hmm. I figured the A word could be ASIN. And so I figured what could be a good Z word. There's not a lot of words that begin with Z. And it was like ASIN Zebra, ASIN Zombie. I actually bought ASINZombie.com because I thought about going that direction. And But I wound up with ASIN Zen. I figured, you know, you know, Zen, we could play on the fact of oneness. And so we, we, we chose the term at one with Amazon, and we came out with our first – actually, our first product was called HasAbility. It had the AZ and Has, and it was basically a hazmat detector. Um, we actually – that's the first product we released. But prior to releasing that, we had already built what we call AZ Insight. And it's basically a, a um, an analytics tool that when you open up a Amazon page, it, it provides you with a revenue calculator that does some very advanced calculations. So if you just enter what you're going to pay for the product, if this product that you've just opened up on Amazon is a product that you are considering selling and you can get the product for $10, you enter $10 and it will perform the calculations based on what the current buy box price is, or you could actually change that if you want to check out a different selling price. It will show you um, the historical data, what, what it averaged in the buy box for 30 days, for 90 days, what the lowest FBA price has been for 30 or 90 days, what the lowest FBM price has been for 30 and 90 days. It'll show you the inventory levels of all the other sellers. It'll pull up the, all the variations of the product and show you the rank and the price and all the data on those as well. It'll perform a hazmat check and tell you if the product is hazmat, um, whether you're hazmat approved for FBA or not, and it'll tell you if you can sell it. There's a restrictions checker. Uh, it'll tell you if the product's restricted in any way, and if so, what the restriction is. There's a link right in the product you can click and request approval from Amazon to sell. It's got the, the historical sales data. It checks to see if the brand is likely to file IP claims or, or trademark violations whatever. I'm sorry. No, you've and, been talking um, for you you've described <laughs> it's funny. Everybody listening is gonna be like, wait, it does that and does that and does that. You've described, you know, probably ten, twelve different things it does. You know, who I think of is I think of Andy Stanley has a thing it called guardrails. That's what it seems to me what you're describing is you put these guardrails around your Amazon account and, and your buying criteria and then you actually put the real guardrails around it for us where we could actually say this fits my criteria because your criteria isn't just rank or it isn't just price, right? It isn't just ROI because you might not be able to sell it. All the, all the things you're describing, you're protecting me. And I think guardrails is a good description for it. Does that make sense? It does. And, and it actually, it does all those things you mentioned as well by showing the rank and, and, and the ROI and the, and the profit and things like that. It actually has some other tools built into it as well. Um, but yes, it, 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 the main thing is, and again, going back to the fact that I put out a, a list every day, a subscription, you know, Amazon back in 2016 or so really started cracking down and, and restricting a lot of things. Besides, you know, back before that, it was basically categories that were restricted, but then they kind of started opening up some of these categories, but they restricted the brands themselves or the ASINs within the brands. Right. So sometimes a brand right. itself isn't restricted, but you can't sell this ASIN because it's, you know, it's the new stock, let's say, a, you know, a, um, Nike, North Faith or whatever, or Nike, whatever. Yeah, you may not be able to sell this year's lineup, but you can sell last year's with no problem if you're approved to sell that, you know, that, that line or whatever. But um, so 
at that point, then it got to be real confusing because people would say, I can sell Nike, they go buy, and then they go to list it and they can't sell that, that line. So, you know, we figured, again, we were building this for online arbitrage mostly, but if you're looking at the Amazon page for the first time, it will tell you, can you sell that product or not? And that's the main thing. And the other thing was the fact that I was in the early beta testing for the hazmat sellers that were able to send stuff into FBA. I've had that privilege for years, but now in the last year, they started rolling that out to more and more people to where now you can actually request to do it. And so when when you would look, let's say you're not hazmat approved and you would look at a product, you know, if most of the tools that were out there, they may show you, yes, it's hazmat, and they would say, you can't sell it. But they would show me, yes, it's hazmat, no, you can't sell it. And I'd be like, yes, I can, because I have approval to sell it. So all these restrictions checkers out there were wrong. So I was, you know, again, my desire to create was also not just to bring them in because I wanted to stop the conflict between the extensions. There was some bad stuff out there yeah, too, you wanted to solve and the I was problem. trying to replace that. And I obviously, I'm not going to name anything because there's some great tools out there, and I don't want to leave the impression that I'm the only good tool. There are some great tools on the market, and maybe you don't need this tool, but I built this first and foremost for myself and my team. Secondly, I built it because I know there's a lot of people out there like me that you know want reliability and whatnot. So we released it, and this, just this week, right? well, no, this week is Monday now. Just this past week on Thursday, we rolled out 2.0. Now, it doesn't mean this is only the second change that we've made because we started off with 1.01. We got up to 1.82. So we made 81 changes in the tool over the first year, 81 changes where we had to make a new release. And But this is 2.0, and besides the fact that we added some major new uh, functionality and features to the tool, we increased the speed. It's on testosterone now. It is crazy. This tool is so fast when you open up the page, how fast it loads now. So uh, we've made some great changes to it, and... Uh, uh, and, and you said this wasn't going to be a commercial. So again, I no, apologize. No, I get it. I, I just, again, I think people have to understand is that, you know, you make the first decision. Can I sell it or can I not? Okay. Even before you look at whether it's profitable or not. Okay. So that's decision one. Okay. Now let's see if it's profitable or not. Okay. It's decision two. Is it the return I'm looking for? Decision three. And we start making decisions. You're 20 decisions deep before you get done with that one product. And what if you forgot one? Oh, Greg, I forgot. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old dude. I forget stuff. So then you forgot one of these things to check. And how many times have you brought stuff back to your warehouse or brought things into your warehouse and they're still there because you were going to do it. And then, like you said, it was hazmat. That's a good one. That's an easy one where it wasn't hazmat and now all of a sudden it is and it, you didn't know it. And so again, all those little decisions take time and you put a humans in there, you're going to possibly make a mistake. Um, and so to have a control, how, how much is this thing? Oh, it's one forty nine ninety five a year. Wait, um, that, wait. <laughs> it's one hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks for the whole year. And um, do do I get updates? Did I? Oh, get, yeah. Did okay, I get one point oh one, one point oh two, one point oh three? Okay. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't charge any extra money to give. People so one hundred and fifty bucks. Okay. If you can't bucks. for one hundred and fifty bucks, uh, you're talking about putting all these guardrails in place to help you make better buying decisions. So, well, just think if you only work one hundred fifty days a year. Most people work two hundred days a year, or two fifty, or whatever. Um, you know, depends on how many weekends you take off and how many holidays you take. Probably work 200, 250 days a year. The average nine to fiver would and you know, if, if you worked 150 days a year, this would cost you a dollar a day to use. And if it keeps you from making one mistake. One mistake. And then, you know, that's what we say. We, we help you make better buying decisions. Yeah. That's, that's one of our little taglines. And we actually have another uh, fail-safe. Um, we've actually made an integration with Inventory Lab. I know a lot of people use Inventory Lab. Now, this was not sure. something that we got together with Inventory Lab to do. We just made it to where... If you use our product and you use Inventory Lab, when you go to Inventory Lab, it will load up so that that last minute, as you are, you know, you, you've looked at it, you said, I'm going to buy this product, you've ordered it, you've had it shipped to you, and now you've gotten it and you're ready to send it into Amazon, you scan it in, and Amazon's made some sort of a change where you could sell it before and now you can't. And I, they just restricted a brand this week that I've sold a lot of over the years. And so as soon as they restricted it, 
I requested permission and they said, congratulations, you have approval. The very next day they took it away from me. So it mm -hmm. does happen that when you scan it into Inventory Lab, if you're using our product, it will tell you whether you, you can send it in or not. Now, Inventory Lab will also tell you that, but Inventory Lab doesn't tell you that until you're actually clicking to send the stuff to Amazon. Then it's like, whoops, you can't send that product in. We tell you as soon as you scan it. After you pack no, no, the no, boxes, it, after you sealed everything, then you got to go yeah. open up which box it is. Yeah, back you know, in, yeah. Oh, dude, and, which is great, but I've again, we're, we're, we're going to tell you right away. So uh, <laughs> that's just something else that we've added to the product, just that, that final check if you're using that Inventory Lab, which I use. That's why we did it because I needed it again for again, my Again, you're team. solving your problem. You're solving yeah. your problems. And that's the advice. I mean, I think for anybody who's looking to develop anything, solve your own problems. Guess what? They're, that's Dan Miller's advice. When two or three people tell me about a problem, he says, Steve, I know there's a business there because mm. that means other people who aren't speaking up have them same issues. Okay, so it's $150. Bucks, um, and Greg was generous enough to give us a 30-day trial. So if you're interested in this, if this connects with you, try it for 30 days. You don't like it? cancel. All right. No, it's it, it, but there's no, you're not going to go back after them and say, Hey, you owe me the money. Right. I just want to make sure that's clear. Correct. Oh, absolutely. that's not the way it works. Okay. So it's asinzen, A-S-I-N-Z-E-N.com forward slash momentum. And on that landing page, you'll be able to click there and you don't have to put a special code, but you'll get a 30 day trial. Try it. If you don't like it, cancel. All right. But it's if, simple. if it helps you make a decision and you know, how many, <laughs> anybody who can relate to this, opening boxes back up to figure out what's in which box, right? Or I got to pull that product from there and, or, you know, whatever it is, save that time, do that once or twice. And you'll say, geez, that's the best 150 bucks I've ever spent. Or like you say, hazmat, it wasn't hazmat. And now all of a sudden they want an MSDS on it because they didn't have one on file and you're, re, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it saves you from doing all that grief and then having stranded inventory and then paying to get it back. Very, very expensive. So pretty cool. Um, again, you solved the problem. You, to be fair, let's go back to the beginning of it. You created an audience, right? All these years, you've been putting out tons of content on selleressentials.com. You've been, uh, how many conferences? You even had your own conference. You All the different <laughs> things. As a matter of fact, I was just with somebody two weeks ago who said, Steve, I met you at Greg Purdy's conference in Baltimore five years ago. I saw you speak in that's funny. Mm. And uh, I sat next to her with dinner. But but back to this, you, you've done all that work and it's not been easy to build that up and you earn that trust and then you put out a product and magically it sells. I think this is a pretty good plan for you, Greg. I think this, that marketing, that time in the truck, that learning, those cassettes you listen to have uh, fared you well. I, I agree. I think it's been a, a good education. Uh, I I, I love advertising and I love marketing. I, I love to see when it's done well. I don't always do it well. I follow some people that do it really well. Um, but I just I just love that. I, I love trying to understand how to reach people at their point of need and provide that that guidance, that assistance, that But it's that real. But it's not just for. you're not just pitching. You're giving them real tangible product. That's the you know, miss. I've, never, I've never done car sales. I've sold a ton of cars. Because I bought cars, you know, to resell one at a yeah. time. Right. But, you know, I've never gone into a dealership and said, hey, let me sell cars. But I have studied people that sell cars. I buy stuff to learn how to sell cars because I can use that information somewhere else. I've bought real estate programs to learn how to sell real estate because I can use that information somewhere else. You know, it's like I, I just love to learn how processes work. And, you know, it doesn't matter what the industry is. You can extrapolate and use that somewhere else. Right, so it's like uh, I I studied this one uh, Joe Girardi Joe Girardo Joe Girard I can't remember which it is now, but uh, it's like the greatest car salesman of all time. And when people would come into him, you know, if you go to a car dealer today and you say they say, "Hey, can I help you?" Yeah, I was interested in a car. Okay, you know, rip out your uh, your tax return. Let me see how much money you make. You know, let's let's get you pre-approved. They're all they care about is can they get their money out of you. When you go into this guy, Joe, you know, the first thing he would say, what's your favorite color? You know, mm -hmm. tell me about your family. He was trying to meet their needs. He solved the problem. Oh. You're right. It's like, you want a blue car? Then don't go show the guy a red car. Yeah. A lot of times the dealers now, you go in there and say, I, I want the brand new blue Mustang. Well, we don't have that, but here, check out this red one. They don't care about you. They care about making that sale. They want to sell that one that's been sitting on the, the floor yep. that the manager's pushing to get rid of as fast as they can. Absolutely. It's all about mm. them. 
So, well, so it's Asin Zen, A S I N Z E N dot com forward slash momentum, 30 day trial. Let Greg solve some of your problems. Try it. Let him, let's see if, if you get a real problem solved, send Greg a note to say that it solved my problem. I think that would be very helpful because that, that makes 2.012, 2.02 or 2.03, 2. whatever the versions as you continue to tweak it easier and it doesn't get old because you realize that you actually are making a difference. Um, and, and I promise you we have a reputation for having the best support in the industry. We I've, have, uh, I've seen I, you I, reply I, to people. People have sent you personal messages and I've seen you reply. Oh, well, that's not even the... the, the I know, but you actually, like, reply. <laughs> well, I do, but uh, we actually have support.asonzen.com where we have people... I hate I hesitate to say 24-hour support because it's not always going to be 24-hour, but for the most part, if you go to support.asonzen.com and open a ticket, there's somebody right there to chat with you that, that awesome. actually is someone that works in the back end of this tool. So, so they know, you know what it is, not just, not just oh, right. let me write down your message and I'll get somebody to reply to you now. Somebody. Yeah, no, I didn't hire a support team. I actually have a support team that built the tool for me. So very, uh, very cool. these people actually can get into the back end and look if there's an issue and actually open it up and see what the problem is. So we definitely have the best support in the industry. All right. I'm going to have all the links there, and then I'm going to also put Greg's Facebook link and ask him a question. I mean, you know, you don't have to buy through our link. Um, and, it, yes, of course I benefit if you do. But if you don't, I'm okay with it. I'd rather you – Again, find the satisfaction talking with him and make sure it's going to solve your problem. Um, but get the 30-day trial if you can. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Craig, uh, I can't believe it's been three years. It's not going to be three years between our next conversation. Um, blown away. I love, again, how all this has led you here. You are absolutely led to this point, and you're supposed to be right where you are. Very, very cool. Thank you so well, much. Well, let me say, I appreciate your friendship, Stephen, and we do talk more than every third year. <laughs> yeah. Um, personally, you know, and we run into each other and whatnot. So I love you. I appreciate your friendship and I uh, wish you the best. Peace in your life. Take care. What a great guy. And he's a real guy, you know, so if you go to a conference, you get a chance to spend some time with him, please do, because um, your life will be better off for it. I know mine has. I mean, we've been friends now almost five years and um, he's quite honestly, one of the reasons I started this podcast, uh, the name of the podcast came from his momentum conference. And, um, um, somebody recognized I might be a, a decent interviewer or a decent speaker and, and I would have never done it with the, actually for him and Andy, um, slamming. So anyway, um, just a great guy. Um, I, I seriously would reach out to him. If you have questions, you need help, he'll help you in any way he can. And check out that uh, the tool. If the tool's valuable to you, try it. So it's asinzen, A-S-I-N-Z-E-N.com forward slash momentum. Try the 30 days. Cancel at 29 if it's not adding value. You've got to make one purchase and boom, you say, did I make 150 bucks? I did. Worth it. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.